Welcome back. Welcome to the Deadly Divas, true crime stories and investigations. We're your hosts, Michelle and Brie. This has been a highly anticipated second episode, and we are so excited. We got a little bit behind schedule, so we apologize for the wait. We weren't in our original studio for the recording of this episode, so the audio is not as high quality as we'd like it to be. But um, rest assured, we'll be recording all future episodes in our studio moving forward. Today, we're covering the case of missing child Madeline McCann, and this is going to be a two-part episode, so the second part will be released next week. So um, let's get right into it. In May of 2007, British doctors Jerry and Kate McCann were on vacation with their children at a beach resort in Praia de Luz, Portugal. We were having a great holiday. We had lots of fun. As they had done every night, on May 3rd, the McCanns left their children asleep in their apartment and went to meet friends for dinner about 50 yards away. Jane Hill is a BBC News anchor who covered Madeline's story. And the, the friends would take turns and just check on their sleeping children. At 10 p.m., when it was Kate's turn, she found this bed, Madeline's bed, empty. Please, please do not hurt her. Please don't scare her. Please tell us where to find her. This case literally took the world by storm because it blew up in the media in real time. They were not staying at like an all-inclusive resort. It was a basically like a hotel. It was. However. Okay. (laughs) Hold on. Because I was like, I know how we're going to get into the debate because that's the police even though it wasn't all-inclusive, they did have babysitting services offered for parents at the time. Right. Now, I don't understand. The way that this all happened is, like, it's very tragic, but it was completely preventable. In my opinion, (sighs) because... It's hard because I think it was still a little bit in the time of everybody trust everybody and it, it, europe has a different vibe because her, her family was from the uk correct um and then they were in like <clears throat> european area right when i studied abroad it's very different would i have felt safe like leaving my door unlocked as an american no <laughs> right as an american in europe in an apartment there where nothing seemingly ever seemed to go wrong maybe i mean you hold your kid's hand when you cross the road. There's a reason there's a lock on your car. Yeah. There's a reason there's a lock on your house, you know. Like, they were not... They left the children in the hotel room while they went to eat dinner. But they were taking rotating shifts of going and checking on the children. I mean, I'm sure the parents live with that every day. That's why I think I have such a hard time coming down on them. Because even though you think, if oh, if I was a parent... Mm. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done that. I would not have loved yeah. my kid. But I'm a paranoid person. Would I have left my children in an apartment without, you know, the doors being locked and like without a babysitter or somebody watching them? Heck no. Mm-hmm. But 
again, I also have been to Spain and Europe and I did walk home by myself at 3 a.m. in the morning, which was like an hour away from my apartment without thinking twice okay, about it. But did you have a choice? <laughs> yeah. You did. I could have called a taxi or an Uber or like walked home with friends. But in my head, I was like, I'm invincible. It's Europe. Mm. Also, I was a little young and dumb and naive. I never got murdered. I could have. And it would have been preventable. <laughs> for yeah, it's not the same thing. <laughs> I mean, okay. I, here's the thing. You know when you go to Mexico and go to an all-inclusive resort, <laughs> a lot of the times there's security at the, you know, at the gate yes. in front of the resort. Okay. So that people can't just waltz off Walton. the street and kidnap, rape, or murder anybody in the hotel. This was like in the middle of the city. This was not gated. This was yeah. not secluded. I mean, they're in Portugal. There's lots of people traveling. The apartment that they were in was right on the road. They yeah. were on in. They were also in a ground floor apartment. I was going to say they were on a ground floor. And I think, wasn't it a corner one too? Yeah. Because it was right on the road, which they were saying, here's the other thing. We can blame the parents, but I think you also have to, uh, unpopular opinion, blame the country in the city. If the people there are aware that there have been these ongoing robberies and bur burglaries and kids have gone missing in the area, you can't just not alert people. But you also <laughs> shouldn't be responsible for telling <clears throat> parents not to leave their children unattended in an unlocked hotel room. I'm not saying that. If you have a bunch of tourists going to an area that they're unfamiliar with yeah. and they're completely unaware of crime sprees that have been going on and they're being led astray to believe that everything's fine, this is a quiet little town, no crime ever happened. I 100% believe they were. By who? The government. You think the government told them? Because I think based on how I think the police handled it there, I was very, one, disappointed. I think it's a prideful thing, which in America, we're just as guilty as being prideful as they are there. So I think it's a government issue in general where, like, you don't want people to panic and you want people to come and feel safe because they're traveling. I get that. But you also can't let crime sprees that have been going on in certain demographics, a.k.a. apartments, yeah. hotels, first floor specifically, on the edge of the road, those were the ones getting broken into, and they were aware of it. And it was, like, increasing. So why would you have not at least had it well known to be like make sure you like lock your doors like nobody's been harmed but there have been robberies and burglaries if you want to lock your stuff up if i had known that i most definitely would not have left my kid in the apartment and i don't think they would have yeah i mean everyone has such strong opinions about it because of what happened yeah i don't know if people would be as upset if they were in the care of a babysitter because right. those nannies, I guess, would go into the apartment yeah. um, and stay with the kids. And there was also other children in the room while this happened. Right. There's lots of different ideas surrounding what happened to her. And as of very recently, new revelations have been made. And it's starting to change my opinion a little bit because we both have a different opinion about what could have possibly happened before yeah. this revelation came to light. Mm -hmm. There is a Netflix documentary on it. 
I watched the Netflix documentary, and then I watched the um, documentary they had on Discovery. Was that? Okay. That was the one that discussed the new revelation. Mm-hmm. And it started with the old stuff, but the Netflix documentary goes into more detail of the beginning of the investigation and does not discuss the current. New, right. Because it came out before. Okay. I think all this was more like released into the public eye. The Disappearance of Madeline McCann is a 2019 um, limited series on Netflix. There are actually eight I was gonna say, it's long. episodes, and they're all about an hour long. It's very good. The entire McCann case has become a phenomenon. If you made a dozen movies out of this, nobody would believe them. I've done thousands of cases. With the Madeline case, I've seen the worst things a human being can see. The worst. It's feared that a three-year-old British girl has been abducted in Portugal. If your child isn't safe at a resort, where is she safe? The media made their daughter the most high-profile missing child in the world. Some individuals represented a significant person of interest. Police say they are now treating a British man as a suspect. They wanted me to confess. I actually felt I was being set up. The police had suspicions that there was some collusion happening during the night that Maddie went missing. This could be the breakthrough. Here it is, it all fits. Statistically, it's likely to be someone who is in close proximity with the child. The McCanns and their friends revise their timeline. There is no way Kate and I are involved in this abduction. The police leaked information to the press. Those cops lied to me. Then there was a surprise. The head of the investigative unit was under investigation himself. One startling element is the sheer number of sexual predators in the area at the time. It's very easy to move children to other countries. Human trafficking is a massive problem. The value that Madeline had was really high. There's always something left to do till you find her. Somebody knows what's happened to Madeline McCann. Okay, what we've done is we've, we've deployed the enhanced victim recovery dog into the uh, apartment. Um, and by um, experience and the training of the dog, what I've first noticed is that as soon as I came in, um, that the dog's uh, very excited, um, and as a handler, I can pick up his. Um, body language, etc. it would appear to me that as soon as he's come in the, in the house, um, he's picked up a scent that he recognises. Uh, other scientific methods being used may stop you recovering any DNA, um, but if you try, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, but she is very, very good, and when she indicates, there is always blood there. Oh, this is really reliable. No, it's not really reliable. Do you want to know why it's not usable in a court of law? Because it's not reliable. Yeah. You can say that, but you have to have something to corroborate it, just like they said in the documentary. You can't say, oh, this dog... It, honestly, it's the same way I feel about when they get dogs to, like, sniff people's cars for drugs. Dogs can only do so much, okay? I love them. But let's not act like they're the world's smartest, most genius, like, thing out there. Say a dog has hit 
This mm-hmm. is their this is their signal. A dog could bark for anything, no matter how well trained they are. So you're saying that, but you search somebody's car for drugs. Oh, the dog sat. So there's drugs in this car. The police don't find drugs. So why did the dog sit? What if the person doesn't do drugs and now you're insinuating that they have some sort of drug problem? It's the same thing with the body. Okay, maybe the dog does only hit on decomposition, but you can't specify human versus animal versus food decay like the dog probably can smell decay but you cannot for 100 percent say oh the dog can sense human decomposition only and how many people animals things have been in that apartment okay yes that is true but the dogs hit on decomposition on some of her belongings but that was the blood dog here's my other thing They claim that they didn't give the dogs any of her stuff beforehand, but I don't necessarily believe that. I really don't. I think that they probably had belongings of hers because they were gung-ho for these parents from the beginning. They were dead set that it was the parents, and they were dead set on that before they got these dogs. Because if you were trying to look at people other than the parents, then you wouldn't have just had the dogs look at their apartment in their rental car that they got 28 days after the disappearance. If they were going to move that little girl or her decomposed body was in their car, there would have been DNA evidence because at 28 days later, her body is no longer preserved. Her body's no longer not going to leave a trace. And you're not going to be able to sneakily get her out in your rental car with all the paparazzi and all the news media that was present. It's stupid. So then they're saying they hit it on the car, the blood dog, this, that, and the third. Again, it's a rental car. Madeline's stuff was in the car. So they're like, oh, there was hits and matches on her DNA, but not even enough points matched up on the DNA evidence to where it was even her. And her DNA comes from half her mom, half her dad. Mm -hmm. So any of the relatives could have matched that point. Yeah. I think like it's the nursing biology major in me that's like, it's stupid. If you don't have the DNA evidence to back it up and you're going to pretend that the dog's right... No. The police brought the mother in. They tried to get her to sign a confession. I think he's a misogynist. The cop? That the woman would break the fastest because she's weak and she's a female. And I 100% think that that's why they targeted the mother. They thought they could break her easier because the husband, the dad, looked stronger in the public eye. He looked like very well put together. I think they thought they could break her, Mm -hmm. and that's why they tried to get her to sign it. I I truthfully do think that. And if you really were, like, convinced in the beginning that, like, oh, it could have been a kidnapping and that's how you treated it, they didn't, then they didn't treat it like a kidnapping. They didn't shut down roads. They didn't do any of the normal things you would do. That's true. So I think from the beginning there was doubt on the police's mind, but doubt that was unfounded. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of... Like in the medical field, if somebody tells me they have chest pain, they could be having a heart attack until otherwise proven. Mm -hmm. So you treat it like a heart attack. Mm -hmm. Same thing. If some kid goes missing, you treat it like that kid has been kidnapped until otherwise proven. And you do everything you can to try and best find the kid within that time period that you have. Yeah. And they didn't do that. Who was the guy that you want to slap in the face? (laughs) I need to know who this is. Let me not get his name wrong because him and I have a beef. He is number one on the 
people I dislike most <laughs> that pretend they help people. <laughs> Gonzalo Amaro. So I don't know if the L is silent, you guys, or not. He was the head of, like, her case. And he singled, to this day, in every single documentary, he, the man cannot admit that he was wrong. Like, I swear to you, in every documentary I watched, he was like, no, I don't think we did anything wrong. No, I don't think we... I'm like... So you he, have to be able to admit that you should have stopped the traffic. You should have mm-hmm. done this. You can admit. I think as a human, if you can't admit that you made mistakes, you're being defensive and you're covering for yourself because right. CYA at the end of the day. And that's what this man yeah. is trying to do. Yeah. A kid's life is on the line. And instead of being worried about that kid, he's worrying about his ass. Okay? This man believes that the parents had something to do with it. Still, in, even in light of the new allegations. I don't think allegations. that. I think he wants to believe that because if it's not true, then he's a horrible person that targeted these parents. So I think in order to help himself sleep at night, he has convinced himself that the parents did it. I don't think deep down he actually believes that. He knows what the truth is, Mm -hmm. but he's not ready to admit it to himself. Right. Do you know if he still works for the police department? I don't know if he still works for the police department. I know he was fired from that case, but I don't think he was fired from the whole police department itself. He was just removed from that case. So basically in the one documentary I watched, what happened was he insulted the British police force that came in to help them with the case. Okay. And publicly insulted them. And it came out in the news and he was quoted. So it was really bad. And then when the DNA evidence all came back in and it comes out that he was lying to the news media, which he says he didn't give them the tips, but the main newscaster who's in every single documentary I've watched, by the way, who was like the number one Portuguese reporter, she says specifically he's the one that gave her the evidence and told her all the tips. He said, this is the DNA evidence. It proves Madeline was in the car. And so said, he was giving out this information yeah, while the case was correct. under investigation. While the case was under investigation. Oh my God. Because he was trying to villainize them and like have the news target these parents to make them break. I truthfully believe that's why he did it. Because he was so dead set on convicting them mm. and making it seem like, no, Priya Deluge does not have a per- child predator on the loose that's right. kidnapping children. Mm. That's bad for business. It well, is yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. But it's great business if he convicts the parents who murdered their child and tried to say that, like, Portugal was an unsafe place. Okay, if I were a police officer Mm -hmm. in my town that I lived in with my children, I wouldn't care about business. I would want to catch the true killer to make sure. Like, they have all those resources out there to help them find the person that did this Mm -hmm. narrowly focusing on the parents knowing that there is a possibility that it was someone else like i want to know what the smoking gun was for that police department to focus all their energy on them so that's what i'm saying though is they pretended they had a smoking gun he pretended he had all this DNA evidence because they had preliminary results is what we call them. You can never trust a preliminary result, by the way. You have to wait till the final comes in because preliminary is just like what you can tell so far. Mm. But you need to finish all your testing, do all your controls to really be like, oh, for a fact, this is the final result. So he took some preliminary testing and preliminary results, which said specifically in the documentation that 
they could not prove that she was in the car, that there could be some matching points of DNA, and it could be her, but they had to test all the points and finish all the matches. And it basically said, do not take this as a she's in the car because we cannot prove that. They took that, told the news that they could prove she was in the car, said that that's what the DNA said, when in fact it's not what it said, and it said quite the opposite. And then when the final results came in, and they had to show their cards, it was like, well, we lied to you. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to then get the general public to reverse their thoughts on it. They would just show like B-roll tapes of the parents walking back and forth. And the whole time they would be saying, well, they're so guilty. They're crying because they're guilty. If they weren't crying, they're like, why aren't they crying? They're they're not sad. As a random person that has no prior knowledge of the case, just sitting there watching this, people start talking, people start forming opinions. I think the news can sway people and villainize a group of people a lot faster. Oh, yeah. And I think they know that, and I think they They hold a tremendous power. Mm -hmm. So I think for the police force to use that power in such a negative way because they did not actually have solid evidence, it's just horrible. These parents already lost a child in a horrific way because to this day, they... I I personally don't think... Obviously, I don't think she's alive. I know crazy things happen and kids get found years later, but I don't think she's alive. But they can't even have a body to say, no. she's not alive. We can bury yeah. her. She's resting here. No. I can't even That's imagine horrific. getting on the plane to go back to England. Knowing your daughter is somewhere. Whether she's dead, alive. Yeah. She's somewhere. Essentially, you're leaving your daughter in Portugal dead or alive. Right. Because you don't, you don't know what to do anymore. Yeah. They think this is what she could possibly look like. I saw that. Dark hair and tanned. Why would she be tanned? From the sun? I don't know. From Portugal. She's either still a Caucasian blonde English girl (laughs) or somehow magically has become a tanned Portuguese princess overnight. That is crazy. Who did this computer software? (laughs) You know that's a lie. It says, in this handout artist impression from the UK's National Police Center for Protecting Children... A likeness of what missing child Madeline McCann would look like today is seen. So on the left, she looks like she did, you know, she just looks the a little bit older. The left is believable. The right is... Like, she literally looks like her skin is she, I'm sorry, brown. she doesn't even look Portuguese at this point. No. She looks... She looks Egyptian. Okay, hold on a minute. Are they trying to say she was disguised... I don't understand. What? Are they trying to say that <laughs> so after really four confused. years in Portugal, this is what she's going to look uh, like? They said, had she been taken to Southern Europe, I think that's the Caucasian version of her, Africa or the Middle East. <laughs> who did this? <laughs> who is the... Do you know who did it? An artist from the UK's National Police Center for Protecting Children, the Child Exploitation and Online Protection Center. Who is this man? If I move to Africa or the Middle East, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to be that tan at the end of the day. Her blonde hair will not allow her to get that tan. Try as she may. So unless they're literally giving this little girl a fake tan... She will never look like that. So whoever oh, did that. Oh my god. And this <laughs> is two years. This is so she she was taken at age four. Mm-hmm. This um artist impression was done 
for her at six years old. So in two years... She looks 13. Yeah, I know. That's a horrible rendition. In two I've years, seen better ones. That's yeah, a bad one. You don't you don't become Ethiopian in two years. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't. I don't get and then they did She one. looks like a completely different ethnicity. Like she just doesn't she doesn't just look like a tan Caucasian girl from the UK. Like she looks a completely different ethnicity. Yep. The photo was released by the home office. A few months after the McCann's interview with Oprah Winfrey, and they show what Madeline might have looked like had she been taken to Southern Europe, Africa, or the Middle East. Again, why? Because she's supposedly <laughs> in Africa or the Middle East. Okay. That, that's racist to me. If this little girl gets taken so there, bad. her skin's automatically going to turn brown. <clears throat> who came up with that? Please tell me who came up with that. I, I would like to know how they think melanin works. Please. I'm, I'm also, <laughs> like, I'm with you on that. <laughs> then at age, then in 2012, at age nine, um, another artist's impression of how their daughter might look. Um, she's she's white again. <laughs> this one is the most. I think this actually yes. looks decently realistic. It this is one. super realistic. I think it still looks like her, which kids do when they're young. Until they get like into their teens, that's when they can like mm-hmm. change from how they look when they were really little. She still has that look to where you can tell it's the same person. But she's grown and she has the same characteristics of somebody that would be nine. Yeah. And this um, this was from the Scotland Yard that released this this photo. Best thing to happen in that case was Scotland Yard to pick it up. <laughs> it's It says, this photo has been used in countless flyers and posters. Yeah. So, I, I, I've known about this case for, for like 10 years. Yeah. Um, I never seen her with, with brown skin. I have <laughs> not either. I've never seen that picture. Do you know why? Somebody said, uh, Kevin, that's racist. <laughs> you can't draw her as a little brown girl just because she might be in Africa or the Middle East. And then they fired Kevin. <laughs> I mean that, you guys, you have to go to yeah. oxygen.com and look at this picture. This is so bad. Let me get a good look at it again. I'm so like, I'm so baffled. Her hair is even different. I was gonna say it's not so, even. It's not even that it's brown. It's thicker. It's fuller. <laughs> it's more luscious looking. So, I'm also speechless. So basically, what they did is they took <laughs> they took the, us, they took the version on the left. And then they literally took like an airbrush Photoshop and airbrushed that color onto her. They didn't just like darken her skin tone a little bit. They airbrushed that brown color onto her. You can tell. And then they changed the color of her hair. They changed the hair itself. So they probably like were like, oh, this hair looks good. And then they cropped it onto the little girl's head. Like that's what her hair was. No, she still has blonde. I mean, they could have dyed it. Yeah. But you can put the normal picture out and be like, now, mind you, her kidnappers could have dyed her hair. Mm -hmm. They could have put freaking contacts in to change the color of her eyes for all we know. But you have to put out, they're most likely not going to put self-tanner on the little girl. (laughs) I mean, yeah, she's she's not going to turn brown. We know that. And even if she did, do you know how... She would stick out like a sore thumb if they put fake tanner on that little girl. She, they'd be like, "Why does this little six-year-old have fake tanner on and look like she a bodybuilder?" Like she looks like Snooky. Oh my God, that's this it. Is terrible. Okay, so 
the other defining, probably the most defining factor, something that you really can't change unless yeah. you probably, unless you put black contacts in her eyes. Is the eyes. Is the birthmark. has the, like, eye discoloration. Like, Well, yeah, she has a birthmark mm-hmm. in her right eye. Yeah. No mistake. You yet. cannot, no matter how old you get, no matter what color your skin is, no matter what color Unless your hair is. Unless you're wearing fake contacts. Some are calling it an eye defect. Then we get years later a bunch of people with this same eye defect saying that they're Madeline McCann. God, I hate people. A student's joke that she is missing British girl Madeline McCann has been shared on the internet by thousands of people. She sent a message to a friend claiming to be the missing child because of similar birthmarks on her eye and leg. Let me look at this girl. And also, I hope somebody punched her in the face. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Like, just one good time. (laughs) For you to think that that's a joke and that that's acceptable, what is wrong with you? And who are your parents? Should we talk about, like, the original, like, who people were looking at and the fact that they tried to say that the whole group of adults and friends on vacation was in on a conspiracy to cover up the murder? That, like, they accidentally overdosed her, and then the whole group of friends was in on it. That's what the police thought. They thought this group of, like, seven people got together and were hiding. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a crazy theory. Okay, there's... Okay, there's a few theories. Okay. There's the parents did it. There's Christian Bruckner did it, which is the most likely theory. Right. Um... Just the parents were responsible, Kate and Jerry. Mm-hmm. So, Have you heard about the man that was seen in the area that was, like, going around saying he worked for children's orphanage and was, like, collecting money from people? No. And when one of the women who answered the door that had a young girl about Madeline's age went upstairs after she had told him, like, that she wasn't going to donate or whatever, she closed the door and she went back upstairs and her daughter was still downstairs playing. She comes back downstairs because she heard her daughter talking to somebody. And the man had come inside of her house and was talking to her, like, three-year-old daughter. No. And he, it was, like, right in the same area. And so there was a description of him because the description was, like, the same. And several people reported the exact same thing happening. And it was right within the area of their hotel. And it was in Praia de Luge. And it was like right there. So that and it was been... all in that time span. And like, how? Who's the creepy motherfucker that just walks into somebody's <laughs> house and is like talking to a three-year-old little girl? A creepy pedophile. It was probably Christian B. Probably. Despite a global media storm, a multinational search and investigation, years passed with no answers until this past June. A German prisoner has been identified as a new suspect in the disappearance of Madeleine McCann. German authorities in Braunschweig, Germany, made this announcement. The accused is a sex offender with several previous convictions. The suspect's name is Christian Bruckner. He absolutely matches the profile of a person who could potentially abduct and or kill a little girl like Madeleine McCann. Mark Hoffman is a Germany-based crime and intelligence analyst. He lived in a house run about one mile away from where Madeline was potentially abducted. His cell phone was tracked at the crime scene, or at least next to the crime scene, the night Maddie disappeared. It's when you put those things together 
that you get that clearer focus where the jigsaw becomes much, much more complete. Jim Gamble, former head of the UK's Child Exploitation and Online Protection Center, is hopeful this tragic case may finally be solved. For the first time in 13 years, I have to say, I actually felt here is a credible suspect. The German police have very strict privacy laws. And even though this Chomo's face is all over the internet and all over the news, and every other country is allowed to say his last mm -hmm. name, they're not. He has been identified as like the main suspect, and the German police have reason to believe that he killed Madeline. Yeah. So all of those theories. Can't we say his name? Yes. Oh, okay. I yeah. was like, I'm Christian Brockner. We also decided, because we were listening, when we were watching that, that the uh, profiler was saying he's not a pedophile. He, he's, but he's a child molester. He is a child molester, but he's not a pedophile. And the right. difference is the pedophile mm -hmm. specifically attracted to children or fetishizes children, whatever, versus a child molester can molest children, but also sexually assault and molest and target other populations that are basically just they see as weak. So it's more mm -hmm. of a power struggle than an actual age demographic. So he had also assaulted a 72-year-old woman in 2005 and videotaped that. They had videotapes of him sexually assaulting and raping multiple people. He didn't kill every single person he sexually assaulted, but most of the people he targeted and he had even admitted to people that he basically looked for people he thought were like weak and helpless. Right. Which the age demographic is children and elderly most likely or like smaller, more easily, I don't know, attainable females. Like a, a petite woman too. Yeah, that he someone, could feel like someone he could that he control. knew that he could o overtake. Overpower. Yeah. And so <clears throat> he raped a seventy, raped and tortured mm -hmm. a seventy-two-year-old U.S. tourist, just a ten-minute walk from the apartment where Maddie vanished, and this was eighteen months later. So, in my opinion, Maddie was killed pretty quickly. Because I, I he, think so, too. Because a few I think, weeks later, he went back to Germany when, right. when people were kind of... When, when they this started, blew up. Like, when it really became big. Yeah. And, like, all these people started coming in to do the big man hunt for Madeline. Like, that's when he left and went back to Germany. And now, all these years later, the German police find... Not forensic evidence. I believe it's probably some sort of video evidence yeah. because all the documentaries and stuff we've watched that he's been in or the TV series about him, it's all talked about how he likes to videotape and, like, document what he's done. Yeah. Like a creepy mofo. The chomo is a mofo. Yeah, he is. The tapas bar that the parents went to... Because, like, in the Netflix documentary, they have, like, basically another family that was there at the same time tried to also get a blocked reservation for a certain time, but they couldn't. Then come to find out in the reservation book, for, again, who does this? They wrote in the reservation book this 
family has blocked off this reservation time because they wanted a restaurant close to their hotel so they could go back and check on the children that, that they left, left alone. So, first of all... Left alone. I don't Written even, in the reservation book. I don't... Okay, I don't blame the restaurant staff for writing that down. I blame the parents for saying on the phone they <laughs> they were going to be leaving their children I blame the restaurant the staff for writing it. Who writes that down in a reservation book? Uh, Nobody. No hostess <laughs> ever. It's like... Okay, at 7 o'clock, this family's leaving their children alone in the apartment. No, I, okay. That's not, is yes. that, who cares? Okay. They have a reservation at 7, that's what you write down. Their name, their reservation, 7 times. She was probably on the phone, she was probably writing notes, and maybe if her boss had come and said, why did you give them, you know, this table, she would have her answer, that she was taking notes, and this is why. <sighs> like, as much information as you can get about I the think... people coming to eat at your restaurant, the better, so you can give them better service, so you know why someone's getting up and leaving every five minutes and or excuse me every two hours at this point it was not two hours well, i mean they were they weren't checking on them every five minutes yep. so they had enough time for someone to go in and kidnap one of their kids and leave so the two men that went and checked on the kids most likely were in there at some point while a kidnapper was there based on the details they gave which i'm not going to give all the details away. You guys can go watch the documentary. I don't want to spoil it. But basically... Spoil it. Uh, spoil, spoil it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Just say it. Okay. So basically, I can't exactly remember which one, but two of the dads went and checked. One being Madeline's father, the other being one of the, the family The key word friends. here is dad. Yes. Yeah. They're men? Men. Oblivious to details. Sorry, men out there. <laughs> okay. Not their strong suit. <laughs> Not their strong suit. <laughs> The one, the one dad goes, oh, I noticed that it felt like somebody had opened a window and there was a breeze I going in. a breeze. Are you kidding me, dude? If you didn't open the window, then my first instinct would be like, why is a window open? Somebody could come in here and take my children. Close window, lock it. The next dad goes in and says a light was on and it felt like a window had been opened. And... He heard noises and thought it was just the children getting up to go to the bathroom. But again, did not go in to lay eyes on every single child in the room. And I'm like, "Ah, men. A child on their way to the bathroom in a dark hotel room could trip and fall, whack their head on the side of the counter, and I... No, seriously. Like... I know. (laughs) It could have taken him two minutes... And just made sure they were okay. He obviously wasn't too concerned. Maybe they were... I'm sure they were all drinking. I'm sure they weren't, you know, all there. I told you, it's that whole idea of you never think something bad is going to happen to you and your children until it does. I think parents worry for their kids, but at the end of the day, if you think you're a good parent, you think to yourself, nothing's going to happen to my kid. We're good parents like we're yeah unless until i leave them in a hotel room unattended and a window is open then yeah nothing bad will happen (laughs) i get that but i also i'm not gonna beat up on these parents because at the end of the day they made a mistake these parents made a decision they have to pay for that decision for the rest of their life so what good is it gonna do for me to beat up on them no it's not i know but i'm just (laughs) I'm just trying. I guess I truly just don't understand. I know. I just couldn't imagine. You can't it. get back. I can't. I just I can't do can't. it. Also, the mom is the one that discovered it, though, right? Because we yes, the two of men went it in. Was. It wasn't a dad. We no. know that the two men went in. They saw all these details that would point to somebody possibly has broken into the apartment. <laughs> Maybe we should investigate this. 
no, no, they go back to dinner because they're worried about their meal, I guess. Mom comes in and goes, why is the light on? And why is the window open? I'm going to go check on all the kids. And that's when they discover that a kid was missing. Right. Because the woman is like, these were details that were not the same. Yeah. So the time, the time window is officially, Maddie was taken anywhere between 9 and 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Christian Bruckner's cell phone pinged on the cell tower near the hotel at that time. Yes. So one plus one equals two. We can conclude that he was there and he, he was in the, the area. Child. And it was very plausible. They have to have other. They can't just say, oh, somebody's cell phone ringed and they committed a crime. Right. But, but they all can't, the circumstantial right. evidence and together. Say, and they can't release the other details because that's right. their rules and laws about how they do their investigations there which honestly is probably good not to say that the news manipulates things purposely but they everybody manipulates things to fit their story you're gonna give away important forensic evidence before the murderer is caught so that they now have time to get rid of like are you kidding me speaking of tipping them off oh How about when the German police sent Christian Brockner a letter? Sorry, this is, this is, like, you had one job to do. Like, come on. Excuse me, Mr. Brockner. We'd like to invite you for some tea. Possibly, They're German. Possibly, well, this is the only accent I can do. <laughs> and possibly discuss that, oh, you might have murdered a little girl back in 2007. So please stop by our office anytime. Yeah, it says he was in it. The police inadvertently <laughs> told him. That he was a suspect in the kidnapping and murder of a child. How, I'm sorry, how do you inadvertently tell somebody? That was probably the biggest mistake they made because then he's on the run again. I would say the German police, other than like that, obviously have done a phenomenal job because they've gotten further than anybody else. Mm -hmm. They have evidence of him in like children, like chat room. What was it? He was in a... Ugh. Pedophile chat room. Yeah. Barf. I just, like, He was messed up. I can't imagine, because he's obviously a psychopath, and, like... For sure. The horror that all of his victims have to... Not just Madeline, because, let's face it, he's the 72-year-old woman. There was videotape evidence that people saw... Once they knew that the German police <clears throat> were, like, on his tail... And we're possibly to go take gonna all of find his computers, phones, yeah. get cameras. rid of all my electronics. Uh, I think he even said the little like USBs. HDMI, yeah, USBs, like those sticks. He was like, take them all out, dispose of them. So his friends, in quotes, went to his house. <laughs> they took the stuff out, but instead of just disposing of it, they were gonna make money off of it because why not? So they looked through his cameras and stuff to clear things off. And the video cameras that they first looked at immediately find videos of him raping and brutally torturing two women of varying ages. The details of what happened to the women in the videos by both witness accounts lined up. Like they, the details of what occurred to the women was like identical. Now, what varied was their discrepancy on the ages of the women. The fact that the details of what occurred to the women lines up word for word and that hasn't changed is what makes it credible. Yeah, those videos were never seen. Somehow they got destroyed. Unfortunately, the documentary I watched did not say how they got destroyed, but 
nobody else can look at them now. So they just Mm -hmm. have to go on the witness testimony of what was seen in the videos. Can we just go back to the tapas bar for a minute? Because it's bugging me. (laughs) Okay, I... I, I just, I need, to, I need to talk this out because you're calling a restaurant, telling them, I want to make a reservation for me and my friend Michelle. I'm going to be leaving my little Yorkie dog at home <laughs> by himself. He is microchip This though, is my address. So burglars beware. <laughs> this is my address. The key, hideaway key it's is uh, in this position. <laughs> dumb to me because yes we're gonna be leaving our children in the unlocked apartment quarter mile from the restaurant on the corner um and we we want a table close by if it was affiliated with the hotel and this is my theory on that would it have been somebody that was in his little robbery totally with him that told him about it and because they worked for the hotel in this restaurant were able to look these people up and figure out where their room was now they could have thought he was going in there just to rob them which could have been the initial intention but when a psychopath goes in and sees like oh there's all these kids here for the taking and then like you said that person's not going to come forward because they're now an accessory to kidnapping an accessory to murder an accessory to like I don't know. God knows what. God knows what. He was either watching them or somebody told him this is the apartment that there is no parents in and the door is unlocked or whatever. Even if the door was locked, there was a window right on the road. He also could have been chilling in his creepy white van on the side of the road. (laughs) and did have a van, but it was dark. And (laughs) watching the, the parents continually walking back and forth into the... Friggin' hotel room. He could have because he, they were going back and forth. And he could be like, these people are not present, but they're mm-hmm. checking on something in this apartment. Something yep. of value. Nurse and me would never leave small children alone because the leading cause in death of children that age is accidents. Yes. So if you leave children alone, the possibility of them having an accident and, di- and dying accidentally is like incredibly high. You're, you're saying the nurse and me, the nurse and me. Can we just remind everybody that their parents, both mom and dad, were medical doctors? <laughs> uh, you're right. I forgot that. No shade to the doctors. Yes, shade to the doctors. <laughs> yes. But it's this, it's a little bit of a, how do I put this? It's almost that they're so intelligent and that they feel so well-to-do sometimes, they cannot comprehend necessarily, again, something bad happening to them because they're doctors, they're safe, they're intelligent, they know what they're doing. If something does happen, they can handle it. Even if they're not the most well-equipped person, they feel that they have the capability to do so because they are... Doctors are an intelligent group of people. They go to school for a long time, they learn a lot, Personally, if something was going to happen to me, I would hope a doctor was in the room. (laughs) You do hope those groups of people are around. But I also think because of that, sometimes there is this overconfidence. They feel invincible. Yes. But besides the point, your parents with a brain, in my opinion, I think that they were... negligent that was that's child neglect in my opinion i think they should have been charged with child neglect had their daughter been found 
the fact that their daughter was not found, I don't think to put them through any more heartache would be necessary. But if, if she was found wandering around in the street with no shoes on uh, and almost got hit by a car, yeah, I'm sorry, but that's child neglect. You can't leave your babies in, a, in an unlocked room off the road in a foreign country with no adult supervision. Period. For I, sure. th- I, th- I mean, I agree with you. It's like, it is crazy to think. Like, I, as a parent, I would never do that. My parents would never in a million years do that. Like, when I was growing up, never. I wasn't even allowed to, like, go spend the night at other people's houses because that's how paranoid my parents were. Like, they could come to our house because we were safe people. But, like, I wasn't allowed to go to other people's houses <laughs> until my parents had known them for years. And, like, yeah. I could trust them. Yeah. So I didn't have sleepovers at other friends' houses until I was older. Um, except for one friend who didn't, like, it was just a mom. So I it, there was no man in the house for mm. my parents to be worried about because, unfortunately... It is more common for that to be a male thing to do. So. Yeah. And his DNA was most likely in that apartment. He clearly climbed or opened the window, climbed through, picked Maddie up. I don't know how he got her to be quiet. Or I don't know if he stun gunned or I don't know what happened. So that was part of the theory with why they accused the parents in the first place was... Gonzalo, my <laughs> arch nemesis, along with his uh, mall cops, let's call them. That's basically what they were referred to as. Uh, <laughs> well, okay, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Can you just give them a little credit? They were not properly trained that's for this said, type. That's what they were called. I'm not saying they're mall cops. <laughs> that is what the documentary alleged they were, okay? They they literally called them security guards, and I said, so mall cops. Right. That's the equivalent yes. in America. You're a security, you're a mall cop. Okay, okay. yeah, got it. Mm-hmm. Same thing, same thing. <laughs> okay, so this wasn't the sharpest group of investigators. So Let's they just didn't say that. secure the crime scene. No. Dogs were in and out of there, contaminating all the DNA. They found, like, dog DNA mixed with everything. They found well, outside particles mixed in with everything. And random people were coming in and, out. in and out. It was not forensically sealed. And that They didn't room, even collect the DNA. No, that until room was cleaned and rebooked before they even collected... The DNA evidence. A, an ounce of DNA. So Correct. they never collected any at all. Correct. If that's your smoking gun, then at least do it properly. But for you to literally rent out the apartment to somebody else, another group of people, clean it, have all these people in and out of it, dogs, the whole nine, it, it can no longer be your smoking gun. It's called chain of evidence. And you, didn't secure the, <laughs> you didn't secure the crime scene. It's no longer valid. Yeah, no, that and that was evidence that they were certain would would fly in court. I don't know if it would fly in court there. It would not fly in court here. No. That's for sure. But that wouldn't have even made it to court. No. Immediately tossed out. Yeah. No, his his DNA was clearly cleaned and wiped away mm-hmm. or, you know, contaminated. But if there were fingerprints there, like at that point when you're cleaning things, maybe the window. But like if you're opening and closing the window, so many other people are touching those Well, and also his fingerprints likely would have been on outside of the window for him to open it. He didn't close it when he left. So fingerprints would have been on the outside of the window. It's hot. It's muggy. You know, it's outside in the elements. Yeah. Fingerprint, DNA, 
can be destroyed that way. Yeah. Um. I think he's just slipped through the cracks so many times, which is insane when you're watching these documentaries, of all the times he could have been in jail for something when the disappearance happened. He could have been arrested for this. Mm -hmm. They almost caught him for this. Like, he literally went to jail for stealing diesel fuel and got out, like, right before the kidnapping of Madeline occurred. He fled. he told the judge he had had sexual like misconduct rape what i don't exactly remember what it was with a child from when he was like 17 yeah he <laughs> he fled germany he was sentenced for um child molestation or sentenced for for know. some sex crime i don't know um and then he fled germany immediately afterwards He obviously was out on bond or something because he was not incarcerated. Gets to Portugal. Portugal does not have a sex sex offender offender registry. registry. At the time of Madeline's disappearance. That's insane. Yeah. And um, he lived there. And that's where he, you know, continued his crimes Mm -hmm. and continued raping and uh, torturing women right. and children. And again, that's the other thing is, who knows how many other people there are. Well, there's still a lot of unsolved cases right. of missing children in that area, and they assume that He Christian could have been involved being, in some of them. Yeah. Who, Inga Garrick, who's so, the other little girl that went well, missing. And in, that was after he had, so that was, he fled Germany from his original charge when he was 17 to Portugal. Mm-hmm. Madeline, she goes missing. During that big search for her, he goes back to Germany at this point. That's when he opens up that candy shop. Beside the beside kindergarten. The kindergarten. And then two hours away from where he lived in Germany, a little girl, if you look her up, she looks very similar. Blonde hair, same age, kind of like similar face to Madeline, I would say. Yeah, she she looked very close to they Madeline. They similar. Yeah. It went missing. They never found her body. And then his creepy-ass van was seen <laughs> leaving the scene of the kidnapping. Yeah. But they couldn't actually prove that it was him other than seeing his dark van leaving the scene, it being two hours away from him, the victim being similar age, similar appearance. Uh, I mean, it's crazy because he probably did that. The other thing is he lied about having a home in Portugal when he was arrested in Portugal and, like, denied telling anybody he where he lived. He would not give up his address. Yeah. Because he, he went knew. to jail for eight extra months because of it. Yeah. He would rather sit in jail than give up the address because that's he where knew all, his... all of his damning yep. evidence was hiding in that house. So then he got out and nobody ever knew where his place was and he was able to keep all of his creepy little documentation that he had. There's been a development in the Maddie McCann mystery. UK media are reporting that police have uncovered new evidence which could link the prime suspect, Christian Bruckner, to the area Maddie went missing from. 
The mystery has plagued the family and detectives for 14 painstaking years. But the case could be on the brink of a breakthrough. There are reports prosecutors have obtained phone records which could shed light on the movements of prime suspect Christian Bruckner at the time Maddie went missing. The German national is currently serving a seven-year jail sentence for the rape of a 72-year-old woman in Praia de Luz in 2005. You have a, a person that fits profile and um, previous history of sex offence, offences against girls, burglary. And you see that his phone was actually within proximity of the crime scene a short time before the crime was committed. Join us next week for part two as we continue our investigation. And don't forget to check out our Instagram page at The Deadly Divas. We love reading your comments and DMs. Stay sexy. Stay great. And and don't end end up on the first 48.